When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Well, hello and welcome to the Royal Blue Podcast in association with Sport Pacer. I'm your host, Paul Wheelock, and I'm joined today by Adam Jones. Hello, mate. And Sam Carroll. Good morning, Paul. Good morning, Sam. Uh, sadly, there's only one place to start, lads, isn't it? And that's Goodison Park on Sunday. Not Christmas? No, no. It's Christmas cancelled this year. Damn. I hope they've oh, cancelled. Hope they cancel the Christmas party anyway. After. I was wondering why I had charcoal in my stocking this morning. <laughs> oh, that was just because of me. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I've got you for Christmas. <laughs> anyway, Sunday, Goodison Park, Tottenham six, Everton two. Horrible afternoon. Sam, you were there on reporting duty for the Echo. What did you make of it? I mean, the the back end of the game, I've tried to see it out of my memory. Um, interesting for the first maybe half an hour, even when it was like 1-1. You know, I had one guy in the press box. It was almost like a game of basketball, wasn't it? You know, Evan were picking the ball up and going forward, uh, taking the game to Spurs, and then Spurs would take, it, take the ball forward and take the game to Evan. It was quite an enjoyable watch, but all the way through it, you were thinking, you know, these are fans in some space, especially centrally, you know, they would... Two, three men every time running, running a Coleman down, down Everton's right hand side, uh, which you kind of thought, you know, are, are we going to kind of? The only way we were going to win that game was probably if we could have got that second, the Calvert Lewin scored, and and just tried our best to see it out. But you know, I said in the analysis afterwards, we we handed them a goal at the worst possible time. Uh, it's it's always not nice to make comparisons. Obviously, with Liverpool, we don't like to do that, but you kind of look their goalkeeper Allison, who's made two high profile mistakes and his team have kind of pulled him out of trouble Pickford unfortunately has, has, has picked up a habit now of making mistakes that ultimately cost football matches or, or, or swing the pendulum in another team's favour so it was a difficult time to make the mistake uh, going in 3-1 down against any team will always be difficult against Spurs it was doubly difficult especially when they came out and got a quick fourth when Sigurdsson scored, I maybe thought, you know, try and get one, sparks a little bit of a fight back. But, I mean, the, the gap now, I think, you know, we finished above Spurs in Roberto Martinez's first season. Uh, and now in the space of three, four seasons, you know, we've chopped and changed managers. We've chopped and changed the playing staff. And now that gap just looks unbelievably uh, wide. I think they've had a little bit of fortune. You know, it's not every day a goal scorer like Harry Kane. What a player he is. Uh, Amazing in the flashes and you know, watching A little bit older like that, you know, the way he kind of almost came out of nowhere. He was a little bit older when he when he emerged, but they've had that little bit of luck, but they've recruited well. And all Everton can think now is that when you think back to maybe around the time when they sold Gareth Bale to Real Madrid in 2013, it has took time uh, and it, it will take time. But, you know, I, and I said this again yesterday that a lot of buzzwords around Everton at the moment like transition progress project but to play like that in front of your own fans to concede six at Goodison Park to defend like that when you're wearing that royal blue shirt is pathetic it was embarrassing it was hard to watch at times 
Uh, we cut open again and again. And it was difficult because, you know, players like Kurt Zuma have been really impressed with him. You know, I thought Michael Keane wasn't particularly the worst of the bunch, but still didn't really hit the height he has. It was, it was sad to see Seamus Coleman be targeted like that uh, by a team. When Gomez went off, you know, you kind of think, how did we start the midfield with Schneidlin and Davis? No disrespect because they were trying, but the quality just, just wasn't there. So it was really concerning uh, to, to, to play like that. And, you know, I don't even think now we're sitting here 12 hours later. It still hasn't really even sunk, sunk in at how bad it was and how easy it was for Tottenham. So... Yeah, I mean, th- th- there was no real positives to take from the game. And I think, you know, after the Arsenal away game, we lost that. But we came out of it with positives. Manchester United, people were still quite upbeat. Chelsea, OK, we drew. We still took positives from that. Liverpool, the way we lost that, still positives from that game. But yesterday was the first time, I think, now where this team and this manager needs to stand up and be counted on Boxing Day. We need to come, you know, I don't care about the performance. I don't care about the way we play. We need at least a point. We need to get something to show for that game because this is this is worrying. Uh, you know, Marco Silva will still be the Everton manager at the end of the season. That's no question about that. You know, I'm not saying let's drop Pickford, let's sack Silva, it's far from it. But it's got to be now where, you know, these fans are paying good money to turn up at Goodison two days before Christmas and to witness one of the most shocking performances in a long time. And regardless of the, the position of the club, that's not good enough for me. I lost to get off your chest there, didn't you? Am I, am I not just yeah. get off? Like, <laughs> I think it's really good, wasn't it? That no, was an yeah. incredible talk. <laughs> go, and get, go and get silver and I'll have my straight. <laughs> Pre-Christmas straight. Stick down the dressing room and serve more doing. on Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> but no well in, mate. But, uh, all joking aside as well, Adam, you, you're our Everton reporter. You had the foresight to not have uh, to have yesterday off, <laughs> which was a good yeah. idea. But have you seen that defeat coming? I know it's it's gone west, hasn't it, since the derby? Let's be honest. You know the form and the performances have really tumbled. But could you imagine to ever getting beat six to at home by Tottenham? No, and I don't think any any side in the Premier League, well, n- not any side that has the kind of ambitions that Everton have got. We we should never be conceding six goals in the Premier League whether whether it's home or away we just shouldn't be conceding that many goals and the fact that it's come at Goodison Park is to be honest quite disgraceful and it's embarrassing like it, it's worse than any result that we had last season isn't it I think the worst that we had at Goodison was the 5-2 against Arsenal yeah the last time we conceded six was that mad Chelsea game wasn't it 6-3 oh, yeah. yes uh, yeah. and, then before- and even then we still put up a fight in that game like, we put up more of a fight yeah, I know. I know. Statistician Gav Buckland mentioned it, but I can't remember. I think it was something like our heaviest defeat since like nineteen thirty-three or something. Oh, Goodison. Yeah, since a team. Oh, no, no, team. No, 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 no. Yeah, since Arsenal a team won. not included Fabregas has put uh, six past that Everton. Was that what it was? Had couple, yeah. One with Arsenal, yeah. one with Chelsea, didn't he? Yeah, but like that, I don't think anybody could see this <sighs> this kind of coming. But you know the sign the signs were there in that City game for me. Like I was I was there watching that game and. The big thing that I managed to take out of that game was that without Idris Agai in that midfield, and it's something that Sam picked up on yesterday as well, like without Idris Agai in that midfield, the Everton just look far too open and a bit too a, a bit lost sometimes when the, the opposition come forward. And we know how good quality Man City are when they get forward, and obviously we know how good Spurs are when they get forward as well. They've got 
a wealth of attacking talent. You know, it's not just Harry Kane, it's like a Deli Alley. Human uh, Son, I think, is probably the most underrated player in the league. I think he's absolutely incredible. You've got Christian Eriksen, who's who sat back for most of that match, really, and just popped up with a goal, and then that was all he needed to do. You know, when they've got that kind of attacking quality, you need somebody in the midfield who, who will just disrupt them as much as possible. You can't just let them walk through, and that's what Man City did, and that's what Spurs were allowed to do. Tom Davis was the man who was brought in to try and negate that a little bit. And, you know, he's got the energy to kind of do that, but he's just not got Idris Gay's nous. You know, he's, Idris Gay always seems to have that knack to be in the right place to make that tackle, to make that interception, to just put himself in the way of attacking players when they're trying to move forward. And as much as I really like the defensive play of Andre Gomez, he's not really got that as part of his game. Morgan Schneiderlin's not got his part of his game. Tom Davis hasn't got his part of his game. James McCarthy might have it as part of his game, but will he ever be fit enough to be able to show that off for Marco Silva? You know, we've talked a lot on this podcast about the need to improve on Idrissa Guy. And in the long term, I think that's still absolutely viable because Idrissa Guy's not good enough when he's on the ball, moving it forward. We need somebody who can do both. But I think for the time being, the the fact that Idrissa Guy is not in the team at the minute is massively apparent, and I just I really hope he's fit for that Burnley game because we're we're gonna need him just as much. Looking at certain players who you mentioned a few there, Sam, we'll come to in a minute. But for me watching the game, I had questions about probably Marco Silva for one of the first times because I think we've all whenever I've been on one of these podcasts we've said that Southampton the League Cup tie was was the black mark against his name. He picked the wrong side and a chance of a Silva had gone so early on. <laughs> I thought yesterday Everton were criminally high. I thought, you know, as good as players at Tottenham have, it just felt like one ball and they were over the Everton back line. Do you think, to give Marco Silva his, his due respect, you know, Everton have gone to these teams away from home this season and, and gone toe-to-toe, but do you think yesterday he should have shown Tottenham a bit more respect and not being as attacking and not gone after them as such? Or is this just something that Everton you're going to have to get used to because this is his style of football? I mean, it's difficult, isn't it? I think sometimes you've got to pick your battles. You've got to kind of look at that game and say, you know, these are flying, we're not flying. You know, and, and like we, you you know, what fan would, would want to watch us get beat 6-2 compared to turning the game into a bit of a battle and nicking a 1-0? Like, you know, like what we kind of got used to under Moyes. You know, even sometimes under Roberto Martinez, I remember uh, when Manchester United came, it was Dave Moyes' last game, and we just sat back, we let them have the ball and we picked our moments and, and picked them off. You know, Football is is not unless you're Pep Guardiola and you've got a, an unbelievable team at your disposal. Football is not just a one way street, is it? You know, there's there's different tactics to use. There's different ways to to go about games. So, you know, and and, and that's not what Silver does. You know, Silver obviously, you know, is a football manager who's, who's experienced, and you know, we're not trying to say that he only has one way of playing. But I think, yeah, I think his, th- his thinking yesterday was a little bit skewed. And obviously, there before we said it was like basketball. It was also like, almost like a game of FIFA, wasn't it? It yeah. was just like mm. picking the ball up. And it was just like they were just, as you were saying, the press was that high. Once they were past one of the midfielders, they were in at the back four. So, you know, they were overlapping. They were up against Coleman. Uh, it was quite interesting before the game. They were practicing. Uh, ben Davis was run down the left. The coach had passed to him. And four or five players were running into the box onto the ball that he put in, uh, you know. So it was it was definitely a plan from them to to get people involved down that left hand side, very early on. And I think it just kind of 
it was unres- I, th- I think the the black mark that you could put against Sylvia yesterday was that it was unresponsive in terms of even at one 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 nil even uh, you you could kind of see that there was warning signs there that you know Everton were almost in a little bit of danger. Um, to me, it reminded me a little bit of that Wigan game uh, where we lost three nil under Moyes in the FA Cup quarter final. Where you couldn't quite believe what you were seeing. Mm. It just felt like every time they picked the ball up and he was scoring, and you were like. Is this actually happening? You know, I've expected to just wake up and be in bed and be like, oh, it's a terrible dream that we got absolutely spanked by Spurs. But, you know, it, it, it did happen. And I think all we can do now is, I think that Southampton game sparked a little turn in form. You know, you've got to learn your lessons. And coming out the ground, Jesse, my only concern is that when Silver arrived, and a few Watford fans did point the finger to say, when it's good, it's good. But can he stop a rot? So this is his first ever time in the Premier League now when he's got to stop a rot. You know, he, he can't let this continue. Uh, we were poor in Cumin's first autumn, winter as well. Um, and then we had a really good run of form. So I think our next eight matches now are against sides in the top six. Uh, Marco did say in his press conference yesterday uh, about, you know, he's not kind of bothered every game, you know, for Everton, for a big club like Everton should be a winnable game. But I think secretly in the back of his mind, he will be thinking we have to get some big results because you know, we're, touch wood, but we're nowhere near in danger of, of getting sucked into any kind of relegation battle. But you don't want this to continue any longer. So even just to get that feel good factor, you know, it was it was, it was was a pleasure. It must have been a pleasure for you to be going to matches the last few months. Mm. It was a pleasure to come into work and, and talk about the football. Was a, you got the sense it was a pleasure for people to support Everton again after Allardyce last season. But... You know, as you're seeing from the thousands of people leaving the ground early and completely were in the right to do that yesterday. It was a bit of a chore watching that yesterday. I think the problem that Silver had against Spurs was that he was a victim of his own ambition in many ways. Like, this was the first time any one of these big six sides have ever come to Goodison. Like, we'd had to play them away from home all the time. And in a, in some ways, it was a bit of a clean slate for him going to those. All, we, all he needed to do was... In, instilling his players look put in a good performance high energy that's all that's all you need to do and Everton fans will be happy and we were for the most part I think the City games may be a bit a bit aside because that was that wasn't even a good performance but as I said before it's probably because Idris a guy wasn't playing but I think going into yesterday's game Silva was definitely he wanted to make some sort of statement yeah. I think mm. by, by too trying, close to the sun well like he, 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 <laughs> A little bit of Greek mythology for everyone there. Hey, that's what people tune in for. (laughs) Greek mythology. Is it? Continue. (laughs) (laughs) I've ruined your your moment there. You you have knocked me trained right off track, I'm not going to lie. Sorry. Uh, But yeah, uh, I think Sam summed up my point more more than I I possibly could. That's the perfect point, isn't it? Because I do think those away games kind of did give you hope, didn't you? Because even, you know, you've said it yourself in some of your work. The Arsenal game, the United game, it, we lost, but there was still a positivity about it. And, yeah. and as you're saying, I think Silver thought, you know what, let's go toe to toe, and let's do them, and, and let's let's put on a bit of a bit of a show in in doing that. I think, but, I think the problem was he kept he kept saying that as well. He said yeah. that a lot in the build up to this match. And Pochettino must have been listening and just thought, yeah. all right, then we'll just sit back and exploit yeah. the space yeah. that you're going to yeah. leave. And you know, Spurs are Champions League side. Like the regular Champions League side, they are just, and they're so capable with the attacking players they've got of just picking out 
picking so, out the space and just grinding everything down. And it just it just proved to be the case yesterday. They punished us for every single mistake that we made. And the problem is we just made a whole lot of mistakes. And, uh, you know, this is it was always going to happen with a new manager. They always face a bad run of form. And I think Silver's faced it at possibly one of the worst times. Like... The, the festive period is not when you want to be in a bad month. It's unforgiving, isn't it? Well, yeah, because yeah. you, you've got like seven, eight matches in, this, in such uh, such close proximity <laughs> that if you if you do hit a bad run of form, then it it has the chance of spiralling as it is now. I think Sam's completely right. Looking ahead to this Boxing Day game now, Burnley, 19th in the league, I think they are. I'm, I'm not even accepting a point good enough. You've got to win that. You've got You've absolutely got to win that game. Because otherwise, where where does that run stop? The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Does it overshadow the progress that we've we've been speaking about all season with Marco Silva? I've seen a stat this morning that uh, well it doesn't suggest it tells the truth that at this stage last season Everton actually had more points despite that woeful start on the coup and then obviously buoyed by the good results Allardyce had in his early tenure. Have we gone over the top a little bit, do you think, this season? Um, I think there was a stage where, you know, we were looking at you know, maybe breaking into that top six, Man United are struggling and, you know, try, we were dreaming about European football and I think maybe that's proven to be a little bit over the top, but I'm not sure it's it's stunted any sort of progress that we've had because when you look at it objectively, the progress is still, it's still there, like... Marcel Brands and Marco Silva had a big job to do in the summer and, you know, I think they've done, it, they've done it pretty well. I think the signings that they've brought in have all started quite well. You know, some better than others. You know, you've got Richarlison and Dean are probably the standout. Uh, two signings there who've been absolutely phenomenal. Uh, but, you know, they completed a squad cleared out, which was absolutely needed. And I think, to be honest, the last few weeks have just summed up what this squad really is like you 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 look at these especially the midfield area with Idrissa Guy out you're thinking is there anyone who can step in to replace him and it's proven that there's not you know we've seen Seamus Coleman struggle for form quite a lot recently and you're thinking well who who comes in to replace him you know you can bring in John Joe Kenny but he's a young player who's still learning the Premier League is he going to struggle just as much you know, you come you come to the point where maybe Kenny has to start, to be honest, because Coleman's really not cutting it. Uh, on the right wing, I know look, uh, Walcott scored yesterday, but there's still an issue there with Walcott playing there. Adam Ola-Luchman can't seem to force his way into the starting lineup for whatever reason. So, you know, there, there are problems still across the squad. And I think there's no reason to suggest that Silver and Brands still can't fix it. Maybe in January it's going to be quite difficult to get the kind of quality that we need and you know for the price that especially Marcel Brands is going to want so maybe the next month is going to be quite difficult uh, but you know you, you, you've I think you've just got to put it into perspective where where we were looking at at the start of this season we were just we just wanted to see a different brand of football different style of football and you know that's that is happening the signs of that are still there but you know it's just it's just not coming off at the minute and there are there are problems there that need to be addressed and I'm not saying that this is all rosy and positive, you know, it's not. But I think bad runs of form are, are gonna happen. Like at the start of what we're 
thinking of this as a long-term process. These these bad patches of form are always going to happen, and I'm not saying that it's good enough at all. And you know, Silver and Brand should be absolutely trying to address this as much as possible, and they should be hammering into this squad of players that these performances are absolutely not good enough for Everton. But you know, I, I can I can understand it on some level. Is is about is about as as good as I can get. I think I think that sums it up quite neatly. And, and what it does for me is it tempers the expectations and and just adds a little bit of realism. Because at the end of the day, it, obviously sometimes social media isn't the best gauge for things. But you know, some for some people where Marcel Brands and Marco Silva can't do no wrong. And you know, it, it, it's always good to be positive. But at the same time, we've got to accept that people make mistakes. You know. Pep Guardiola's first season at Manchester City, there was a point where they were in danger of not finishing in the top four. And then all of a sudden we're playing this brand of supersonic football the next season. Obviously that's not something that Everton are even close to doing, but it's about accepting things don't always go to play. You know, what, would we want Silva to have a Martinez first season and then to struggle for two more years then on the back of that? You know, that settles back a long time. You know, Koeman had that good run at the second half of his first season you know, then that last season set settles back further now. And I think at the end of the day, it might not even take two seasons, three seasons. You know, it might be longer than that. And it's hard to accept as Evertonians because, you know, for me and Adam, 23, 24, we've never seen Everton win a trophy. You've only seen Everton win the no FA one. Cup. I mean, how old are you, Paul? 18, 19? Uh, yeah, something like that. <laughs> Double A and add one. <laughs> you know, so, so it's difficult for us, you know, when we do these podcasts sometimes with Dave Prentice, Phil Kirkbride, Chris Beers in, and they've seen these amazing Everton teams of the 80s. We have no kind of expectation of that, but it, it, it is a, as hard as it's going to be. You know, it is a building job, but stuff like that, yes, they cannot happen. You know, Everton cannot lose games. 6-2. So I just think what it does is it just kind of shows people, you know, in, in you know that was not the way you want to be shown how big that gap is between the top six, but it's just kind of highlighting the job at hand. You know, there is still players, you know, this is still a squad with Umar and the ass in. This is still a squad where, you know, as Adam's saying, should Seamus Coleman be in the team? Probably not. Would John Joe Kenny add any more than Seamus Coleman? Though, probably not. You know, it is still a squad that's in transition. Pochettino has had some hard times at Spurs. You know, it did not happen overnight for him. It's not happened overnight for Jürgen Klopp at Liverpool. You know, again, it's a, it's a tough comparison to make, but I'd still quite like to be top of the league. So, you know, it, it, it's just stepping stones and building blocks. And all that does for me yesterday is you've kind of just got to take a few days, you know, try and enjoy Christmas Day. So I forget about football <laughs> as much as we can and, and then come back to it and, and accept where we are. You know, it is disappointing that we've got less points than last season. I think we've played a game less, though, than we had at this stage. Um, and quite a sobering thought as well, but you do forget how good we were in those first few weeks of Allardyce and obviously Unsworth won that last game against West Ham. So, you know, it's, it's one of them. I do think that we will turn it round in the second half of the season, but... You know, as me and Phil were saying yesterday, seventh place will guarantee European football and, and that's got to be the target. I still would, even though, you know, transition project, all these buzzwords, I still would be disappointed if we didn't finish seventh this season. That's still got to be the minimum objective for how much backing Machidi has given Brands and Silver 
and that playing squad when you compare it with the rest of the Premier League because outside the, the top six, the rest of the Premier League isn't great. Everton are definitely the best of the rest. Everton, I still think, are as good as Manchester United. So, for as much as I'll, I'll give Brandon Silver that kind of breathing space to, to, to appreciate what they're doing, there's still got to be that realism then to also say, we do need to finish in the top seven. I think it's a good point, but I'll try and play devil's advocate again a bit. If you're going to accept that, that the not the ultimate ambition, but the, the short-term ambition is to finish seventh, be the best of ref, build the team. But you've also got to give your fans those big days, you know, those games that you remember all the season. And at the moment, Everton has certainly not done it in the Cups. Hopefully it'll change when they play Lincoln, goes a strong side, gets the win and through to the fourth round. But it's now 23 games since Everton last beat, beat one of the established top six. That's City, was the, it? Yeah, yeah, City. And that, that, that doesn't feel too long ago. 23 games since I haven't beat one of those teams. And I know... People walking out the ground yesterday were just really fed up. And like, I totally agree with you. I think this project, to use another, you know, this kind of modern day parlance, but talk about football jobs, you've got to have that patience, you've got to have that perspective. But Silver, the team have got to be careful here, haven't they? Because there's been a lot of goodwill, and rightly so. And you guys have rightly said it's Burnley away next. And I think it's the next seven after that are also teams Everton should expect to beat. Need to bounce back and keep the fans on side, don't they? Mm. Yeah. But I think they've needed to do that for a few games, to be honest. Like, you thought you thought the Newcastle game at home was the perfect way to bounce back after the derby. Just didn't work out. And you're thinking, oh, Watford at home, you know, they'll be a tough side. But, you know, at Goodison Park, she'll be able to bounce back. It just hasn't happened. So I think we've got unlucky that we've played Man City and Spurs in the, la- in the last two games. We were, like, two of the best teams in the league. But at the same time, performances just aren't acceptable. And I think... The frustration from a lot of Everton fans is that it do, it doesn't seem to be coming from Silver that these performances aren't really acceptable. Like he he, do, he doesn't seem to be angry enough, and I can understand that frustration in a lot of ways. And I think Sam touched on it quite well earlier. It, it is a bit of a generational gap because you see you see in a lot of Everton fans who have seen us, you know, win the lot. You know, we were incredible during the eighties, and you know, we we even won a cup in the nineties and. There's a lot of Everton fans who've kind of missed that, and I, and I think, you know, if if you have seen Everton win win the lot, even with, you know, I don't don't think we particularly had a good squad in '95, but still still managed to lift the FA Cup. You know, you you do you do feel that frustration. You know, even though we haven't got a good squad of players here, that there's there's still something missing from every single performance and. You know, I think Silver needs to try really hard to get that right over the next few weeks. Just because he's on some sort of project doesn't mean that he's free from any sort of criticism. And I think that if, as long as the criticism's fair, then I, I'm, I'm, I'm all for fans, you know, voicing it. You know, the booze at the end of that performance yesterday, quite rightly so. You know, you, the fans need to let the players know that that absolutely isn't acceptable if you're pulling on an Everton shirt. So. I just hope that that's what Silver's really drilling into his players over the next few days because, as I said before, if you're coming away from Burnley, you are going to be in a relegation fight all season. If you're coming away from there without a win, whether you've drawn or not, if you're coming away from there without a win, then something's went badly wrong. Burnley it is then, Boxing Day next for Everton. Before we do the predictions and wrap up the podcast, 
what changes would you make? You've, you've talked about Coleman, you've talked about the midfield, the, the discussion about the centre-forward has, uh, has been one that's gone on throughout this campaign. I'm like you, Sam, with what you said about Calvert-Lewin yesterday, I thought he was one of the better performers. I think he, he gave the centre-backs, particularly the first half, he occupied them, he, he run them, he set up the goal, obviously, for Walcott. If he was to keep his place, is there other changes on the wings? Is there a change in midfield? <coughs> change in defence? I think it's questions about fitness now, isn't it? You know, we, we, we still need to find out why Adam Luckman was missing from the squad. We need to find out uh, Gomez's status. We need to find out Gway's status. Um, so, to be honest, naming the team right now would be quite difficult. Um, I think the one thing you could say, I said to Phil yesterday, uh, Yeti Mina came out of yesterday's game outstanding by sitting on the bench. Yeah, yeah. Bernard mm. came out of yesterday's game outstanding, yeah. came off the bench late on. Uh, a lot of players there who had that real chance to to grab a shirt failed so miserably that people who weren't even in the squad, like James McCarthy, I would put in before the likes of Morgan Schneider. So, you know, if you're saying that, it's disgraceful really, isn't it? So I think, uh, for me, if Gomez and Gay both aren't fit, I'd probably... I mean, I don't know how fit he is, but if he can manage it, I'd probably prefer to see McCarthy and Davis than Schneidlin. And Davis thought Schneiderlin was diabolical again when he came on yesterday. I thought Davis started quite brightly and didn't have a terrible game in, in, in terms of, you know, maybe... I just thought he looked a little bit... Out of his depth. Yeah. You know, these players were running at him and you could almost just see him saying, you know what? You know, and I think Gomez, as you were saying before we came in, looked a little bit similar, just like, what am I meant to do here? You know, which, you know, for a young lad who has struggled a little bit with his form since he's been out the team, you know, no one would wish wish that upon him. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's all down to injuries. I think Burnley are going to play a lot of long balls, a lot of diagonals. It's Sean Dyche's style of football. Mina's height will probably be more suited to that type of game than it was to the Manchester City game where he struggled. Uh, Zuma was very poor yesterday, I think, wasn't he? So he, he might be under threat. Wouldn't even surprise me if we went five at the back. So, I mean... I could just see any number of changes. I could see Bernard. I could see Walcott. Uh, I could see Bernard. I could see Luckman. I could see Tosin. I could see McCarthy. I can see Mina. I could see Ken. You could make a case for Kenny. So not Steckenberg. <laughs> not just Jeff. <laughs> not just Jeff. Uh, but you know, I, I don't think Silver will want to be too reactionary. Obviously, that doesn't reflect well on anyone. If if we made seven changes or anything like that, but there will definitely be changes, and hopefully we get the picture the injury picture becomes a little bit clearer over the next couple of days and we can maybe see what the manager's thinking might be I think the big one for me is Kenny if John Joe Kenny can't get his get into the sides now what do you Col- think he adds Col- more than Coleman well, with Coleman looking tired and out of form if Kenny doesn't get in now then what's the point of yeah. him being here <laughs> like I, he like if, if, if he doesn't get in now then when will he I, I understand that point, but I think that's the problem that faces Brands and Silver. Just in, I, I think Kenny doesn't add anything more than an out of form I th- Seamus Coleman. I, th- I think he offers that. more in the final third. I, I don't get excited when Seamus Coleman breaks forward anymore. I don't. I don't have any confidence that he can pick out a man. Whereas yeah. Kenny, I do. He's got good crossing ability. Uh, it seems the logical change, but I'd say it's almost certain that he won't change Coleman. You know, he was the captain yesterday, wasn't he? So. I'd be very surprised if he if he did drop that, but you know again that is the plan. That's what a lot of these young lads got to be asking themselves, isn't it? You know, John Joe will probably be Keaton Dowell himself. You know, Benny Beningamy. If I can't get into this team, what am I doing here? You know, that that will probably be 
a question they'll be asking themselves now in January and at the end of the window. Um, so yeah, a bit. I mean, I think this now, you know, we all said after that Southampton Carabao Cup exit, a big, a big kind of game for Silver coming up, uh, and, and it's the same against Burnley. Everything's going to be scrutinised now from his team selection to his tactics. You know, Jordan Pickford has said that yesterday is now being scrutinised. You know, a lot of players in there now. We need big performances from the players and a big performance from the manager. So it's going to be an interesting Boxing Day. We'll soon know where uh, the team selection come two o'clock on <laughs> Boxing Day. Sam, Adam, what are your predictions for the game? Solid little 2-0 win. I reckon. Clean sheet. Take one of those at the moment, yeah. Sam. Sleep one ever. Maybe I'm older and more cynical, but I think it's going to be 1-1. I one, just, one. My concern about Everton at the moment, it just looks like a team on the slide a little bit. And, and you're right, Adam, it has to be reversed. I'm, mm. I'm with you. I think a win is paramount on, yeah. on Boxing Day. Yeah, Big question, final question for you, Paul. What have you asked for for Christmas? Three points at Burnley. <laughs> Three points at Burnley. <laughs> yeah, obviously. We've all asked for the same yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Although I do hope I get that uh, Malibu Stacey doll. <laughs> As well, have you peeked at my present for you? <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know what? Also, I like for Christmas an Adam Jones roast dinner. I've seen oh, the pictures sexual. on Facebook. Yeah. Oh, I'll tell you what, that looks top draw. That made honestly, I put I took them roast potatoes out of the oven and like I nearly dropped them because I was surprised <laughs> at how good they looked. It was only the second time I've ever cooked the roast, and Look. that's how it turned out. Looks very experienced. I was made up. Maybe we can say to Marco Silva, win at Burnley, and then Adam will do you all a roast. <laughs> Maybe Marco, Maybe Marco yeah. will say, I listened to that. Podcast, pre Burnley podcast, it was that good. We'll invite you round for a roast dinner. There you go. Should we send it to Everton after if we finish there? Yeah. Make, let's yeah. make it a yeah. deal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, 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 good, I'm good personal friends with, you know, I don't mention it, but a member of the Everton squad. So, <laughs> my count Who's currently on loan. Let's clarify. Scored in the derby. Yeah, scored in the derby. <laughs> yeah. Quiz question what, 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 what player am I friends with? There we go. Let's see. Send well, them in. Send at them Sam into Twitter. At, at Sam Cattle Zero. There you go. I'll cook them a roast dinner. Yeah, right. <laughs> Why would you punish them for getting it right? <laughs> you might want food poisoning. <laughs> well, on that note, I think it's time to end. Uh, wish you all a happy Christmas and hopefully Everton do the business at Turf Moor. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.